I've got to say, well, there's a real perk in being a vicar, and one of the perks is you ask people to do a reading. And to this day, I have never read that particular passage. And every time I've heard it read, which is a lot, I am always so thankful that I'm not the one reading it. So I've got to say, McNinch, you nailed it. I don't know if you said the names right, but it doesn't matter because you said them so confidently, I won't know any other way. So I'll tell you what, today, because that is a hard reading, let's give Craig a round of applause. Well done, Craig. <laughs> and we're going to pray for Liz as she unpacks God's word for us. So Father God, we give thanks for Liz. And we pray now that you would fill her with your spirit and fill us with your spirit as well. Speak to us, we pray this evening. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you how many times it took me to record that particular reading for the Nave this week. And it got to the point at the end, I was like, stuff it. I'm done now. <laughs> it's so hard. Um, oh, dear. I apologise. I have... I have been a mess all day today. I keep getting to the halfway through a sentence. I'm uh, forgetting why I started that particular sentence. So I just like, like to apologise uh, beforehand and hope that something coherent comes out. But so I'm going to start with, you know, I do love God a lot. And uh, I love the fact that when we come to church, we read scripture a lot. Uh, but thankfully, very rarely do we read the whole Bible in one go. <laughs> We'd be here a while. But sometimes it's really good to kind of take a bit of a step back and look at the whole kind of picture of scripture. Because sometimes it's a bit like a really good Doctor Who uh, series where you get to the end of the series and, and they suddenly start showing you all the things that they've planted in each and every episode to get to here. And you go, how did I not see that? And it all fits together. And I think Pentecost is a really good uh, time to think about how the bigger picture of God's plan all fits together. And it also means I get to talk about Christmas. Anybody want to tell me how many sleeps it is till Christmas? <laughs> Somebody cover Colin's ears. Uh, it is 203 sleeps till Christmas, everybody. We are almost a third, well, we are over a third of the way there. Uh, but And Christmas is brilliant. Uh, I like to talk about Christmas a lot because I love Christmas. It is my favourite time of year. Um, but Christmas, dare I say it, is a little bit pointless without Easter. Because Christmas is when Jesus came to earth as a baby, but he came to earth so that he could save us. So we need Easter to be the meaning of Christmas, because this is when obviously uh, Jesus died and rose again. The fulfillment of Easter, though, comes at the ascension that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, because Jesus hands over his mission to his disciples and he blesses them and he goes back up into heaven. But in order for the ascension blessing, and Jesus' final, well, not final, but Jesus' promise to his disciples to be fulfilled, you got to have Pentecost. And Pentecost, the fulfillment of that is when Jesus comes again. So, I don't know what to say about that. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Get ready, people. 
in the bigger picture, kind of Pentecost is all part of God's plan for us as his people through the whole of time. Now, anybody who has known me more than a little while will not only know that I don't like, I know that I love Christmas, you will know that I don't really like watching films. It kind of comes in with the often getting halfway through a sentence and not being able to remember why I started. That sentence is I don't have the attention span to sit and watch a whole film from start to finish. I am that annoying person who gets halfway through and either falls asleep or starts going, who's that? What's going on? And so I don't tend to do it. But thanks to him, I'm pointing at Kai rather than the people who can't uh, see that he's on the floor. I, I have been sucked in to the Marvel franchise. Yeah, see, oh, see I like that. There were a few little bits of, um, I just got respect from a few people there. <laughs> I love a good superhero film. I am more Marvel than DC, to the point that I went to the cinema to watch Endgame. Thankfully, there was only two of us in the cinema at the time. And when it comes to the big battle at the end and they all appear in the sky, I genuinely went, come on! <laughs> this is how bad it gets. But, Actually, um, quick quiz for you. My favourite superhero has an arc reactor in his chest. Who is my favourite superhero? Iron Man. You have to ignore him, I'm sorry. (laughs) I love Iron Man because he has this arc reactor in his chest. All you need to do is remember that useless piece of information for maybe the next 10, 15 minutes, okay? The thing about superheroes is that they all have what's called an origin story. The story of how they became a superhero in the first place. So, Peter Parker, weedy little teenager, going to high school, gets bit by a, I don't know, it was a genetic radioactive spider, spider, and he gets his spidey powers. Uh, Steve Rogers, weedy soldier, kicked out of the army in World War II, selected for a super thing, gets injected with a super soldier serum, becomes Captain America. Uh, who else is there? Captain, oh yeah, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Um, she's uh, air and, uh, oh, what the, f- fl- flies planes. Air fighter pilot. Yes, thank you. And uh, she gets caught in some friendly fire. There's a big explosion. There's blue stuff, changes her DNA. Boom, Captain Marvel. The whole point of these is that they are ordinary, everyday people for whom something extraordinary happens and they are then transformed into their superhero. They are transformed to the extent that their life will never be the same again. Ordinary people for whom something extraordinary happens and their life is transformed forever. Thanks. That right there is the story of Pentecost. Shall I sit down now? <laughs> no, no, okay. So, 
Take the disciples for, uh, for a minute. The disciples are the most unlikely bunch of people that Jesus could have ever picked to be his followers. I mean, they were genuinely, genuinely ordinary people. Uh, they got stuff wrong all the time. They misunderstood Jesus all the time. One of them denied ever knowing Jesus. Another one of them uh, betrayed Jesus. They fought over who was going to be Jesus's favorite. Jesus tells them repeatedly um, throughout his ministry that he is going to have to die, but it'll be all right in the end. And yet still when he's crucified, they're somehow shocked. And they're even more shocked on Easter day when he rises again. The disciples are just ordinary, everyday human beings. And yet, as we just heard in our reading, uh, when Jesus comes back, actually, no, we'll take a step back. When Jesus comes back, he spends 40 days with the disciples. He teaches them. He talks to them. Uh, They live with him some more. Then we get to the ascension, which we, like I say, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Jesus gives them uh, the Great Commission. And he blesses them, he ascends into heaven, and before all this, while he's talking to them, he says to them, it's going to be okay, I'm going to send you a helper. You're not going to have to do this on your own. I'm loving this. Can you, can you come every week? <laughs> And so they've said goodbye to Jesus and they've come back to Jerusalem and they have waited 10 days and it is Pentecost. um, And uh, contrary to popular belief, the the day that the Holy Spirit came is not the first Pentecost. It has been Pentecost before. Pentecost is one of the three uh, big Jewish festivals. And so the reason that everybody is in Jerusalem is to celebrate Pentecost. And so Jews and non-Jews from all over the Roman Empire have descended on this place, which is why you've got lots of people who have got different customs and different languages, and this is why they're all there. The disciples and a few hangers-on are sitting in this room, just as Jesus has told them, waiting. And then seemingly, out of nowhere, you've got rushing wind, tongues of fire, instant access to kind of the completion of Duolingo, whatever that might be. They're all speaking in new languages. (laughs) Hey, don't tell me that you haven't wished that one day you could wake up and just suddenly be able to speak Welsh. (laughs) But they've got all this ordinary people who in that moment something incredibly extraordinary happens to And in that moment, they are transformed. In that moment, their life is never, ever going to be the same again. They go outside. And Peter, Peter, this disciple who, out of complete and utter fear, denied ever knowing Jesus, suddenly gets up and starts preaching and has the boldness to start preaching to 3,000 people. And I'm not going to lie, he preaches one heck of a sermon. Because Peter preaches and 3,000 people come to faith. Now I'm not going to lie, 3,000 people have never come to faith off the back of something I have said. (laughs) 
loving it. Loving it. When I get to heaven, I'll find out, won't I? I? But he preaches this amazing sermon. 3,000. In that moment, he takes Christianity from about 12 plus people to 3,000 plus. Those 3,000 people who were ordinary, everyday people just had an encounter, an extraordinary encounter with Jesus, and their lives have been transformed forever. Things are never the same once uh, the Holy Spirit has got involved. Each of the people there that day were empowered by the Holy Spirit. Each of the people there that day had their lives transformed and it wasn't contained just to those disciples and hangers-on that were in that room it was for everybody everybody had their lives transformed excuse me and as I said a second ago the first thing we see aside from the, the fire and the wind which I'd love to see like, wouldn't that be awesome if in a minute when we're worshipping, like, tongues of fire just around? Go on. Um, but as we see these disciples later on, as we read on in the book of Acts, you, um, you see how their lives not only were transformed on that day, but how they continue to be transformed. You know, we see as these guys um, establish the early church and the early church grows, we see the impact and the power of the Spirit as we see gifts of, of healing and of prophecy and of uh, knowledge and of wisdom and all those things. And we see the fruits of the Spirit manifest in these disciples and we see um, the church change and grow rapidly. We see the impact that the power of the Holy Spirit has. All those ordinary people had an extraordinary encounter with the Spirit. And their lives were transformed. And the church was transformed. Because on the day of Pentecost, God empowered his church. But with great power. Ah, you knew I was going there, didn't you? That's the one. As Peter Parker's Uncle Ben says to him when he becomes uh, Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. Granted, this is where my superhero analogy falls down just a little bit. Um, Because, um, of course, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. But we could not use the power of the Holy Spirit for bad even if we wanted to. Because the uh, power that we have from the Spirit is not our power. It is, is, it is and always will be the power of God at work in and through us. However, my point still stands. Because with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes our responsibility to use that power for the good of the kingdom. You know... I don't know how possible it would have been, but I reckon it is possible. I'm going down the free will route here. That the disciples on that day could have received, could have been filled with the Holy Spirit, had a lovely time with Jesus, and just gone, oh, thanks for that, and gone home. 
the full effects of the power that they had been given were not seen or felt until they went outside. Nobody else saw the power of God at work until they left their room and took it outside to the people who were out there. You see, when Jesus was about to ascend into heaven, he gives the disciples the great commission. He gives them their mission for the rest of their life. And he says, go and make disciples of all nations. And then he says, obviously, you know, he'll send a helper and all the rest of it. So when God sends us the Holy Spirit, he is empowering us to do the job that he has called us to do. He is giving us the Holy Spirit so that we might take it out into the world and share his name with everybody else. We were empowered on that day to do a job. Everybody here has a part to play in God's mission to this world. Everything that we need to fulfill God's mission in this place is contained among us here. But it means that we all have to play our part in taking God's mission out to the world. We have to work together. Are you where I'm going yet? The superheroes are a team of people who worked together for their common mission. We, ladies and gentlemen, are the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> we, bear with me, we are a bunch of people who have all been empowered by God. We all have gifts and ability given to us from him that we are to use together for the common good of the kingdom. That makes us Avengers. The Avengers' mission was to defeat Thanos. Our mission is to share the name of Jesus with everybody that we meet. But if we want to be successful in that, then we have to work together to do it. And that is not always easy. There are several films, Kai will tell you their names because I can't remember their names, where the Avengers literally spend their entire time fighting with one another because they don't know how to use the powers that they've got properly. And so they spend the whole time bickering with one another and causing chaos. If we want to, we can do that too. We can spend our time looking at each other and going, oh, what are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? The Avengers had to learn to use their powers together. As a church, as a family, we have to learn to use the gifts and the skills that God pours into us when he pours his Holy Spirit into us. We have to learn to use those together. We have to learn to encourage one another in the gifts that we're given. We have to learn to value one another and the different gifts that we've got. And if we can do that, then empowered by the Holy Spirit, God will bring his kingdom here. But it has to be empowered by the Spirit. It's the only way that it works.
Do you remember my favourite uh, superhero? Excellent. If I had a potato, I'd give it to you. The thing about Iron Man, Iron Man is Tony Stark. Tony Stark was a naughty man. He was an arms dealer. And he goes to Afghanistan to sell... (laughs) Maybe it said potatoes on the suitcase inside dirty missiles. Yeah. And he gets told off and he gets caught for selling naughty missiles. And he gets put in captivity and he gets very badly hurt. And when he's hurt, um, some of the scientists, whose name I don't know, builds this arc reactor and he puts it in his chest and it saves his life. Um, and it, it's, it also powers his suit later on, but worry less about that. But the arc reactor is there and it's what keeps him alive. I wish I had a picture of Iron Man. I didn't bring one. So if you know who I'm talking about when I talk about Iron Man, imagine this superhero and he's got this big glowing round thing in his chest it's the power radiating out of him but it's the same power that is keeping him alive now imagine yourself with the Holy Spirit the power of the Holy Spirit within you radiating like a light out of you And that same light is your very life source. It's the thing that sustains you and keeps you alive and gives you all that you need. We were all dead. And yet, we are now fully alive in Christ. Fully alive, living in the power of the Holy Spirit because of what happened on that day of Pentecost. We are emboldened and we are empowered by the Holy Spirit who gives us all that we need in order to share the love of Jesus with others. He is the Holy Spirit who takes us as ordinary everyday people. He does extraordinary things and he transforms us into something new. And as Kai said earlier, he transforms us not just once. He transforms us and he continues to transform us and continues to transform us more and more and more into his likeness so that we might go out and make a difference, so that we might go out and other people would meet with him and have their own transformation experience, just like what happened on that first day. The thing is, though, none of that happens None of it can happen or will happen unless we take the first step. We have to be those people who are open to being filled and, uh, with the Spirit. We have to be those people who are willing to be guided by the Spirit. We have to be those people who are ready to receive the power that is available to us and it's the same power that Jesus had by the way isn't that totally bonkers bonkers but true everything and anything that you read about Jesus doing in the Bible you can do too because you have the same power that Jesus had but we have to take the step and say we're going to go out and use that power 
We're going to go out and use it so that we might see lives transformed in the name and the power of Jesus. So I'm going to shut up and we're going to pray if that's okay. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We want to thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We want to thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that is at work in our lives. Thank you that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we can be transformed. That by the power of the Holy Spirit, you have placed that right spirit within us and have revealed yourself to us. And so now, Lord, we just want to say, come. Come, Holy Spirit. In your power, would you fill us now? By the power of your Holy Spirit, would you open our eyes to where you are at work in our lives right now? By your Holy Spirit, would you open our eyes that we might see where you are leading and calling us. And Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you pour out the gifts that we need to do the things that you're calling us to do. By your spirit, would you empower us now as your people and as your church? Lord, would you fill us with all that we need? Would you give us courage to take out your message of hope and of love and of forgiveness and of salvation to this world? And Lord, as we wait on you and as we receive from you tonight, Lord, we commit ourselves once again to your service. And we ask that you would help us to be people that do not keep your power for ourselves, but seek to use it to bless others and to bring glory to your name. 
remind us, Lord, that we do nothing in our own strength, but in the power of your Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, and minister among us powerfully so that we might see transformation. Transformation in our own lives. But also transformation in the lives of those people that we love and that we meet. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. We're going to carry on in song worship in just a second, but I really encourage you that wherever you're at, just feel free to let Jesus continue doing whatever it is he wants to do tonight. As we worship, Lord, come Holy Spirit.